All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live, your go-to source for everything hockey, live every weekday at noon Eastern. Welcome into a January 24th edition of Daily Faceoff Live. The show, as always, is brought to you by Batano. The game starts now at batano.ca. And as always, we are streaming live on the Daily Faceoff YouTube. I'm Tyler Uramchuk. He is our Daily Faceoff Insider. Frank Saravalli, and with that title comes some sleepless nights. And with the amount of news we've been getting over the last few hours, I would assume, Frank, last night was one of those evenings for you. Yeah, it was a short one. Certainly lots buzzing. Uh, let's dive into it. Yeah, let's not waste any time and get into the big news of the day. Five members of the Team Canada gold medal winning 2018 World Junior Championship roster have been ordered by London, Ontario police to surrender to face sexual assault charges. The story comes from the Globe and Mail earlier today. The five players who have not yet been charged have also not yet been identified, Frank. And this was kind of a story we've been waiting to break for months on end now. And we finally do have some news, but you really do get the sense this is just the beginning. Yeah, this really is just the beginning and bombshell report from the Globe and Mail. I think we had kind of been waiting for the shoe to drop once you saw a couple players take a leave of absence. Are these things connected? Are they not and got word last night that, uh, yes, uh, something is expected to be happening here in terms of uh, formal charges. The Globe and Mail breaks the story that five players have been ordered to surrender to police. And so as we're waiting on more details as to what exactly uh, those charges may be, we're kind of left in a holding pattern here with a lot of dots that remain unconnected that we're sorting out right now. 
Yeah, and I mean, listen, fans are no dummies. Everyone can go look at the roster online and then connect it to the news of players taking leaves, whether it's from NHL teams or overseas. And Frank, the league is at some point going to have to act on this, but league sources told Daily Faceoff that their investigation into this, which is ongoing, and any subsequent punishment would not proceed until after London police finished their investigation. So is it safe to say that these players are just going to stay on leave for a while? It may not be a while. Like we don't know the timing of that yet until uh, we see exactly what the London police service brings forward and what charges do end up being laid in this case. But that's sort of been the, the NHL's MO this whole time, which has been, Hey, our investigation is substantially complete. That was the quote that we got from the commissioner uh, a while back. And it's been waiting for the London police service because they really couldn't do anything until the London investigation was complete. You don't have a full picture. You've got your own investigation, which you conducted privately, but that's different than something that may then be brought to a court of law. So until we see more from London, we're not going to hear anything from the NHL. And we're also not going to hear anything from the NHL Players Association. Touch base with a spokesperson this morning who says, we'll wait and see what officially comes from London as opposed to just a report in the Globe and Mail. And it's really tough. To, like you said, we're not the next thing we'll likely be hearing from London police. And, and we don't know how long that could take. So for some of these players, Frank, like, is there a chance they return from their leaves now in the next week? And with all this going on they, they, with nothing final, they're back playing. Probably not. I think once or if charges are filed, that uh, that leave will continue. I can't imagine um, the NHL to allow players to continue to play while sexual assault charges are pending. And that's sort of where things stand at the moment. And, you know, you look through at some of these players that have been granted leaves. Uh, you know, I think we're suspecting that a couple more will be coming here relatively shortly. But, you know, that's that's what teams have been instructed to do. Grant a leave of absence, refer all comment to the NHL. And, you know, you heard Flyers general manager Danny Briere today. He had a press conference this morning, his sort of midseason one. And, you know, the quote is, you know, we don't know anything yet. We haven't been told anything. He said, we're aware of this morning's reports. We'll respond appropriately when the outcomes of the investigations are made public. The NHL has been clear that teams should refer all investigation-related questions to them. So is there anything else to kind of hit on with this, I guess, is, is a rather broad and maybe dumb way of putting it. But I mean, for someone like me, and I'm sure a lot of people in the chat who are not well versed in legal situations and lawsuits, like what's the next shoe to drop here? Is it really just nothing but a waiting game until London police finishes up more of this investigation? Yeah, part of it is um, is waiting for the London police service to um, release the findings of their investigation and, and charges, any charges that may come from that. Uh, just some more developing right now, the New Jersey Devils releasing a statement saying that Michael McLeod and Calfoot have both requested and grant, been granted indefinite leaves of absence. The club will have no further comment at this time. Um, both of those players were not on the ice for their team's skate this morning. Both of those players, Calfoot and Michael McLeod, members of the 2018 Team Canada World Junior Team. So you can kind of start to connect the dots, but I, I think everyone should be really careful before they go about linking every person that has taken some leave 
because I'm not entirely certain that every person who's taken leave to this point is going to be part of this process moving forward. So, um, you know, again, be careful drawing conclusions here is, is all that I can really say at this exact time. Yeah, asking for a leave of absence is in no way some sort of admission of guilt or anything like that. So that's a good point, Frank. It's important to be careful when, uh, I mean, somewhat connecting dots here in this situation in a story that will continue to, to develop over the next few days. Um, the NHL, Frank, did their best to try to bury this thing a little bit in the headlines with the news that... Utah Jazz owner Ryan Smith has asked the league to initiate the expansion expansion process. First off, about as transparent of a news dump, news burring attempt as there can be. And honestly, it's quite disappointing from the league. It's it's frankly disgusting. Uh, the league knew that this Hockey Canada, you know, report was coming. They knew that charges would likely be filed. They were aware of the leaves of absence that were requested. And they timed it out more or less perfectly. 27 minutes after the report comes from the Globe and Mail, that's when we find out that, oh, suddenly a prospective NHL owner in Ryan Smith, in who's the owner of the Utah Jazz, issues a, a statement and PR release asking for the NHL to initiate a formal expansion process. Look, 
the you don't get to have a seat at the table unless you play by the NHL's rules. And that means Gary Bettman has complete control over the process from start to finish. If you think that the NHL wasn't somehow connected to the timing of this, I've got some stuff to sell you because, you know, you think back to how this all plays out. No, no owner, just prospective owner, just rogue goes out on his own and publicly petitions the NHL to initiate a process. That's the perfect way to get yourself absolutely, you know, X'd out of the process. So to do it all today and to time it like this, to try and cover up what has been frankly, a, a stain on the game for the last number of years while this investigation, these investigations, plural, have been ongoing. Hockey Canada has investigated. London police have investigated. The NHL has investigated. Everyone has known for a long time that this is coming. Just, just take your lumps, really. Like, do not try and distract everyone from a sexual assault case in which five players have pending charges and are told to surrender don't don't do this now. Don't link a, a clean Salt Lake City entry to the NHL to this. Well, and also like uh, like you said, Ryan Smith's not stupid. The NHL's not stupid. But like, do they think everyone outside of them is stupid? Like, do they really think we're what going to start our show today and be like, well, we got some Hockey Canada stuff to get to, but first a thirty third team, anybody? Like, it it just feels so blatantly transparent and like such a farce. But then that leads to the question of. Is there any legitness to unlegitness? What a word for me to use if it's even a real world word, Frank. But is there anything legit to this rumor? Like, is the NHL seriously considering What's, a 33rd team? It, it's not a rumor. I mean, the most critical part of the uh, press release from Ryan Smith was the fact that the NHL, or, or excuse me, that Utah in this case is is very ready to meet. They have immediate immediate ability. If I could get that out to bring a team to the market. So what does that mean? If you're paying attention, the clock is ticking on the Arizona coyotes. And I've been saying this for months. If you're watching the show, they are a very strong relocation candidate to go to Utah at the end of this season. In fact, there are many who believe that the NHL has given the Arizona coyotes until January 31st to to present the NHL with a full plan, including a timeline of when we are putting shovels and steel in the ground, given the fact that there's potentially a long auction process for a piece of land that the coyotes like might take them a year just to get through that auction process, let alone everything else that would come from that. The timing of this, you know, some have wondered for a long time now when some coyotes news might be coming out as it relates to Salt Lake city the fact that it's you know conveniently timed for today, again, um, that just leaves Ryan Smith and the Utah prospective ownership group basically acting as a pawn today for the NHL. Yeah, I mean, the idea of expansion certainly makes more sense than watering down the talent pool in the league by another team going back to an odd number of teams as well. Like 32 seems to work every way you kind of divide it up for divisions and playoffs. 16 of the 32 make the playoffs, right? Like all those numbers make sense. You throw in a 33rd team, it feels clunky. But like you said, maybe it's more of a relocation play instead of an expansion play. Again, a story that is not going to go away anytime soon. Uh, Frank, a couple of just big, big, heavy topics to begin today's show. And it's never easy to transition off of those, but we do have another piece up at Daily Face Off about bonuses, or it's coming up at Daily Face Off about bonuses, Frank. 
And uh, let's dig into that a little bit. Let's just deep breath and talk a little bit of nerdy salary cap hockey talk, Frank. Uh, When we look at this board that we have of players who are hitting bonus overages for the season, there is one logo that appears twice, and there is one team that is way bigger in the weeds than any other, and it's the Edmonton Oilers. And they're a team who it's pretty hard to imagine a scenario where they can squeeze these bonuses in as well, Frank. The Oilers are kind of hooped. They're just sacrificing next year's money, right? At this moment in time, they are. I mean, those are bonuses, at least for Connor Brown. That one's already been hit. The Corey Perry one, he hits that uh, after a number of games played. And so that's easily attainable as well. And the reason we brought this up is because Max Pacioretty hit one million last night. He can hit another million in uh, another subset of games here to bring his total to $2 million in bonus. And the Caps who are currently operating in LTIR, they would need to do something, make some trades, move money out to finish the season with cap space. The whole point of this exercise and showing you this board is to note that these are some of the teams that are very likely to be paying a bonus overage into next season's cap. The LA Kings with Cam Talbot and the million that he's already earned. Blake Wheeler with the New York Rangers, the 300,000 he's brought in. They're projected to have 100,000 and some dollars in cap space. So that would bring their overage next season to 200,000. Joe Pavelski and the $2 million that he's already earned. It's just to point out these projected overages that you see on the right side of that screen, that would sort of wipe out or, or count against any of the salary cap increase that the NHL is projecting to go from 83 and a half to $87.7 million next season. These are significant factors to think about with the caps and the stars and the Oilers heading into the deadline. Will it shape how they think about things? Gavin, if you wouldn't mind, can we just pull that back up quickly? And a question that I saw pop up, Frank, is, well, if you trade the player, where does their bonus go? And I believe the rule is where you accomplished the bonus is where it needs to be paid out. So let's say the Washington Capitals go ahead and trade Max Pacioretty at the deadline. That bonus stays with the Capitals because he achieved the bonus there, correct? That's actually not how it works. And teams do. This is part of a larger discussion that I'd like to have on another day when we have more time. Teams do have the ability to trade the bonus and have another team pay the bonus and accrue that on their cap. So that's sort of where I was heading with this later is keep an eye potentially on a couple of these guys that may have the ability to shift that money somewhere else. Okay, now I have another nerdy cap question for you. Gavin, we can flip to the next one here because there's another kind of bonus that can push a team into that overage, and it's ELC bonuses. And I'm sitting here going, Luke Hughes, Dawson Mercer, Alexander Holtz, Simon Nemich, they're all New Jersey Devils, but New Jersey has that LTIR pool with Dougie Hamilton. So if these guys, all these good young players in New Jersey, hit big parts of their bonus, can New Jersey use LTIR space to cover the bonus overages, or is that not how that works? I do not believe so. I need clarification okay. on that, but I believe while you're in LTIR, you are not accruing cap space, and therefore you wouldn't be left over with any at any point after the season unless you begin accruing cap space at some point to then have some left over. So if you end up with zero because you were in LTIR, then I don't think that you 
you know, you can't begin to wipe out some of those bonus overages. So, you know, a couple of these other teams, Dallas, add the Thomas Harley potential bonuses that he could hit, which are less clear because there's a whole schedule of them. He's not, it might not hit all of them. Um, but coupled with the Joe Pavelski one, like it's just another sort of pile on top for the Dallas stars, Jake Sanderson and the Ottawa senators, they're scheduled to have very little cap space when it comes to the end of the year. I'm sure he's in line to hit most of his bonuses. It's just something that these teams are going to have to account for and navigate around at the deadline. With all the news today, easy to forget that there were hockey games last night and some pretty stunning results, including the San Jose Sharks beating the New York Rangers in overtime. Let's get into that a little bit more with the All-32. The All-32 is delivered by DoorDash. For a limited time, our Canadian listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and use the promo code NATION25. Frank is a guy who's going to be using DoorDash tonight. He's got no time to cook. He's just doing nothing but breaking news. Uh, let's get into the All-32 and welcome in Johnny Lazarus from Daily Faceoff and Morning Cup of Hockey. You can watch it right here on the Daily Faceoff YouTube Monday through Thursday at 9 a.m. Eastern time. Johnny, you also covered the New York Rangers, and last night that team lost in overtime to the San Jose Sharks. It's been this weird, rocky run for the Rangers. I'll start you with this. Scale of 1 to 10, how concerned are you about this Rangers team right now? Honestly, as a guy that has a positive outlook on the Rangers, typically I'm saying my concern level is at an eight, which is, you know, eight being like higher. Um, also, I apologize for the hat and the sweatshirt, Tyler. My heat is still not working in my apartment, uh, as you know, from the other day. So this is day six of no heat. We finally have hot water, uh, but I just wanted to explain the look here because I'm freezing my ass off. Um, but yeah, the Rangers, the last 20 games, they're 10, eight and two. And this is a team that in their first 20 games, they were a completely different team. Um, they were defending well. They were tight in their checks. They were scoring goals. Artemi Panarin was doing everything uh, he could. He still is, but he was getting you know contributions throughout the lineup. Um, you know, lately I think they've relied on that line to do a lot of the scoring at five on five, and it's you know also had a negative impact defensively because you know Colby and I were talking about on this morning show the Rangers are the worst team in the NHL against the rush. And a lot of that has to do with the forwards. It's not really on the defense and people I think are quick to blame the D at how they defend the rush. But most times when a team allows odd man rushes against, it's because the forwards aren't getting back quick enough. And the Rangers, you know, a lot of the narrative earlier this year was that they're an old team and they didn't get any faster this off season. So you're seeing it right now where we're in January, they've played a lot of hockey. They're not quick enough and honestly not young enough to keep up. Last night, they played against the San Jose Sharks team, who's probably the worst team in the NHL, and they got outskated. Like, there's no excuse for that. And I think that's the theme of this team this year is no excuses. You know, they've had a lot of injuries. That's what they have in their locker room all over the walls. No excuses. And, you know, I don't know what they're going to do to fix it because it's it's becoming a, a constant pattern and it's not a stretch or, or a stint anymore. So when you consider the list of things that are concerns and you mentioned the chances against off the rush, a lot of people have questions about Igor Shesterkin and his game. I'd say he's been fine, not great, but you're expecting sort of all-world Chesterkin, which is what we're used to. It, where, where would is there something else you'd add to the list, and and how would you order the the priorities in in list of you know how you figure them out? Well, the thing with Igor Shesterkin this season has been interesting because I think the first part of the season there were a lot of games where they weren't defending well in front of him. And he's being asked to make the saves he usually does make, even though they're saves that, you know, a, a routine goalie probably doesn't make nine out of 10 times. But from what we've seen from him in the years past is that 
you know, his goal saved above expected is always, you know, one of the highest in the leagues. He always makes those last ditch efforts to make the crazy save or just doesn't seem out of position. But when the team is allowing, you know, two on ones, three on twos, losing the puck in the D zone, mishandling the puck in the neutral zone, and teams like the Vancouver Canucks are coming down on, a, on an odd man rush with, you know, some of the top talent in the NHL, like they're going to score those goals. That's going to happen. When you play against a team like the Kraken and the Capitals, who offense, whose offense hasn't been as strong this year, yeah, Shesterkin's going to look better in those games, but the mistakes that the team is making are the same. They're just louder mistakes against the better teams with, you know, more high offensive octane. So with Shesterkin, you know, the one game where I was really disappointed in him was the recent game in Vegas. You know, that's a game where, sure, the Rangers don't score a goal until the third period, and you can say you need to score goals to win hockey games. But they outplayed Vegas in that first period, a Vegas team that's riddled with injuries as well. And, you know, Shesterkin lets up two squeaky goals. If he stops two of those, it's a 0-0 game going into the second. The energy of the game is completely different. But when you're going into the locker room down to nothing, you know, it's human nature just to to have a negative mindset, right? So, you know, I, I think the Rangers a little bit right now with the stretch they've been on. It's, you know, when, when is this game going to go wrong? What's going to go wrong? Whereas earlier in the year, it was going into the game thinking they were going to win every night. We've seen this team make big splashes at the last few trade deadlines, never afraid to make that big move. And, you know, there is a danger in doing that every year. Eventually you weaken out your prospect pool and things like that. What do you think the appetite is for another big splash at the deadline for the Rangers? Well, I don't know why you're asking me, Tyler, when Frank's sitting right here, because he's the guy that knows it all. But, uh, you know, I will say I spoke to Frank about this, I think, last week. And the Rangers probably right now need a third line center, just depending on what, you know, Philip Hedl's status is. I know he's traveling back to the States to hopefully skate with the team, but he's now been missing since November 2nd. So it's been a really long time without Filipito. And, you know, you look at the lineup there on dailyfaceup.com, Johnny Brodzinski has done a decent job since his call up from the AHL. But, you know, it's probably one of the most popular sayings in the NHL that to win a Stanley Cup, you need a solid third line, you need some depth scoring. That's what the Rangers are lacking right now. And I look at a guy like Will Cooley, who's become, you know, one of the most lovable guys on this Ranger roster. And if the Rangers can go out and grab another guy like him, a younger guy that, you know, plays with that edge, has some physicality, but also has some skill and some scoring touch. That's a guy I think, you know, all Ranger fans would want to see them go grab. And a name that's, you know, been been uh, floated out there for the Rangers. It's not, I don't think it's on Frank's trade target list. So I, I hate to go against that. But uh, Frank Vetrano, you know, has spoken publicly about how much he loved playing here. And, uh, you know, he's got one year left, I believe, on his deal. So if they can make that work, they know it works here too. So that'd be a, a good guy to go grab maybe. Yeah, some scoring depth, never a bad thing ahead of the deadline. The All-32 delivered by DoorDash. Johnny, appreciate you hopping on, man. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Always fun talking to you. Frank, send me some. Was Johnny asking Frank for at the end? We will uh, never Probably know. some scoops. Uh, he wants some scoops. Everyone wants scoops. <laughs> Uh, let's move along to our daily face-off inbox question. Hashtag ask DFO. Frank, the Chicago Blackhawks extended Peter Morazic two-year deal, AAV just north of $4 million. How is this going to impact the goalie market ahead of the deadline? Because it's a name that a lot of people just assumed would be moved off to a contender looking for a backup. Does this maybe bring up the prices for guys like Allen and maybe Marc-Andre Fleury if he's available? I don't know if it brings up the prices, but it certainly makes them more... In demand, I guess, because the supply is is certainly lacking. The real list of goalies that teams trust to make an impact is not a very long one. And so um, I don't know that 
you know, for many of those teams, Morazic was even on there. You don't have to go back very far to the Toronto Maple Leafs moving him out as a salary cap dump to see that there's been periods of time that he's uh, he's struggled. But I also know that he's put in the work, especially over the last year, to to fix his game, to make changes, and he gets rewarded with a very generous two-year times $4.25 million extension. This is a guy that probably arrived in Chicago thinking that his career was over and he gets eight and a half million bucks from the Hawks. I can only imagine what the negotiation was like between all of these guys that are on the Hawks roster, Nick Foligno, Jason Dickinson, and now Peter Morazic. The Blackhawks call and they say, okay, here's our offer. We know that it's really generous. Don't even think about negotiating on this. You can either just sign it or walk away. And obviously for all of these guys that certainly weren't expecting a bump like this, the Blackhawks have money to burn to get to the cap floor. They like and respect the guys in their organization uh, for being part of what's been a, you know, a really tough year or a couple tough years for some of them that, um, Hey, this is your reward on the other side for sticking with us is, a bit more money than you would ever sniff on the NHL open market. A combined $13 million next year on the cap for those three players, Morazic, Dickinson, and Felino. Is that a good approach in your opinion? Like, I mean, Whoa. part of me goes, hey, for $13 million, you could go sign Sam Reinhardt and then probably still afford it all these guys at market value. Like that, the overpay is huge. They still have like 60 some million dollars to spend. So like, no, the answer is you could still go get all those guys if you wanted to. And I think what it really does is it actually gives you an indication into the timeline that the Blackhawks are thinking that they might be a really good team is three years from now when those guys are not here. Yeah, I, I suppose that is uh, that is fair. Let's move along to our daily bets for the day. It's brought to you by Botano, the 2023 EGR brand of the year. The game starts now at Botano.ca. Frank, just one play for me today, and it's one of those where I had to shake my head looking at it. Charlie McAvoy's shot prop is set at one and a half, paying minus 122. He has hit this in eight consecutive games. In a handful of those games, he's gotten a three or four shots as well. This one should be minus 160, and I mean, I was doing my research expecting to build another shot prop parlay. And then I looked at this and I go, nope, just the one is priced good enough for me. So give me Charlie McAvoy. It's my lone play of the day, but it's one I absolutely love. The Bruins defenseman over one and a half shots on goal. Let's wrap up the show with a little bit of garbage time now, Frank. It's brought to you by Wendy's in the daily face-off survivor pool, which has just been kicking hockey fans between the legs this week. People are struggling to survive in this bad boy. I was out day one, so I'm cooked. Yeah, I was out day one eliminated with 540 some other people. Here's the thing. You get 10 choices to make uh, to advance to the next day. And a couple days in a row, we've had eight of them be losers. So that's a, a pretty big chunk. It's I say it every time. It is no joke how hard this daily face off survivor pool is. Yeah, if you think you can beat it, head to dailyfaceoffsurvivor.com. Frank, again, a lot of heavy news today, but let's wrap up on a bit of a lighthearted moment. I got a real kick out of watching Sens owner Michael Andlauer just casually sitting front row supporting his boys as they took on the Habs. This was hilarious. Well, it's even cooler because Michael Andlauer, first off, grew up in Montreal without much money and uh, you know built some really incredibly successful businesses, became a minority partner in the Montreal Canadiens, huge diehard Habs fan. At no point did he ever think that he'd even own a chunk of the team. 
And he did not only that, but was able to sell his shares and that's provided a huge chunk of the money to buy the Ottawa senators. So uh, he's the new boss. He's such a passionate hockey fan. He had mentioned, you know, since taking over this team, people know to not really talk to him while the game is going on because he's so invested in what's happening. So huge hockey fan. And to be in Montreal with his team facing the team that he grew up rooting for and owned a chunk of, that's uh, a pretty awesome moment for him to stand up and just, hey, uh, not sitting in the owner's suite. He wants a first row viewpoint of his team and pretty awesome. Yeah, pretty neat story last night. Uh, if you joined the show late, we started things off talking about the Hockey Canada investigation and things that are going on with the London police and the five players. Uh, if you want more on that, remember, keep it locked on dailyfaceoff.com. As the days go on and as news breaks, you can trust that Daily Faceoff will have you covered with up-to-date, accurate information. Frank, fantastic stuff today for our producer, Gavin Turnick, Pat Puff on the graphics, and Johnny Lazarus. A big thanks to him for swinging by. We'll be back tomorrow noon eastern time on a thursday we'll chat with you then thanks for tuning in to daily face off live make sure you hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. 
Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.